Hello, friends. Welcome to the ATC Double Cut. I am here with a special guest that I think you will all recognize. He's been on the show before, and if you aren't watching this, you'll certainly recognize his voice. It is Joe Galati, the well-known host of the Talking Greenkeeper podcast. Welcome to the show, Joe. Thank you, Mike. It's it's a pleasure to be back, and I, I can't wait to discuss the topic. It, it, bombs. We're, we're talking about bombs again, correct? That's right. If you're on the show, uh, we've had so much fun talking about the posts on the ATC blog that nobody reads, uh, or relatively nobody reads. And I had a top 10 list, or a bottom 10 list, however you want to call that, of which I do every year. I look at the all the posts that I make on the blog, and I look at the ones in the previous year that relatively few people read, because I find that interesting, just as interesting as the ones that the most people read. And I thought, let's just keep it up. And when I talk about that, if if uh, you're available, I'm going to invite you on the show. Anytime. I know. I was, I was thrilled when I woke up this morning and I saw the text from you via WhatsApp inviting me on to talk about the 10 least read blog posts of 2022. I, I was ecstatic and it was a great way to wake up this morning. So thank you for having me on. Well, that uh, it's, my, it's my pleasure. Let's uh, be done with the prelude and jump right to the main event here on the ATC Double Cut, which is the post, which I will put a direct link to in the description. And I give it the title of 10 posts that no one read last year. It's one that I did in early January because I looked at the page views for all of the blog posts that I made on the blog in 2022. And I look at the ones that relatively few people read. And I, I, I don't, why do I do this? I guess I want to give some of them a second chance. And I want to find which ones people just absolutely don't care about. And I just find it interesting. I don't know. I, I was going through the list today. And there were a few that I did not that I did not, I wasn't even aware of. For example, the the uh, the one I think it's number three on the list. Which number three, Micah? Uh, number three is ATC Double Cut listeners by country. No, it was uh, number four. Two week turf grass tour in Japan. I oh, I didn't. Yeah. I never saw that one, and I clicked that on as I was waiting to to come on this with you. How awesome so was it? so many good cart rides. The cart ride, I was watching the cart ride with, with my boy, Quinn Thompson. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Quinn is such a great character. And, uh, yeah, I cannot wait. Probably tonight I'm going to just peruse that for sure and go over all those videos because I, I did not see them when you posted them, I'm guessing, sometime in August or maybe early September. Probably September, yeah. So, um that that's one also that I kind of forgot about too, that, that I had 18 videos from that trip. So some of those videos are about tournament golf. Some of them are, are about interesting things like cutting hole locations in the afternoon in Japan, which is kind of, um, uh, typical. Um, it, it's, uh, it shows some beautiful lawns. It shows tea plantations and it's got a bunch of short videos that shows things like an all female, bunker crew at Kea golf club for the tournament um it and it, it's got um it's got videos of 
how I make the measurements of firmness and trueness and green speed and soil moisture content and so on. Um, it's it, it's just like a wide range of videos and interviews with people like Benjamin Warren, who's a golf course designer, um, and Benjamin who's, who's doing War- a project Benjamin, in Japan. Yeah, Benjamin, yeah, Benjamin Warren has been. He's been as slippery as Frank Rossi for me to try to get as a guest. Well, I'm going to encourage you to keep trying because Benjamin Warren is um, is a well-traveled, busy person who's currently working on a project in Fukuoka, Japan, and uh, I hope to go see that. Uh, it's I would love I think to have tw- Ben on the show. Yeah, it's it's um, I think it's called Classic Golf Club, and they've had some major championships in Japan. Uh, recently, had the Japan Women's Open. And they have two bent grass greens on that course, and they're changing it to one bent grass green. So Benny is leading that project, and Quinn Thompson is there shaping it um, wow. with an, with another guy, a shaper from Canada, I believe. And I think Ben Ben runs the machines too. So he's, I'm I'm sure they're having a good time out there working together. So I'm sure, I'm sure. I, I, one one cool thing, it, it I guess measurement videos would be good because as you pointed out to me i was explaining the bible test all wrong yeah and i probably should have watched that video and i would have been able to express particularly to jerry lemons who is basically created his whole thesis of golf course architecture on the basis of having fair hole locations Mm -hmm. right and it probably would have been, and I explained it all wrong to him, and you were kind enough to point it out to me, Micah, that I was explaining the Bible test all wrong, and, and you is broke it, it is down. It kind, is it kind when people contact you out of the blue and say, you've been making a terrible mistake, uh, I encourage you to try to get it right next time? Is that kind? Well, <laughs> it, it is kind if it's you, Micah, but if it was turf truth or... <laughs> someone of that ilk i might be disappointed i might take it a different way no but i took it as a total a learning experience right i didn't take it personally at all i i I was explaining it wrong and you pointed out to me that hey yeah you're you're joe this is the way it's going down and i totally appreciate it it was awesome so now i know how to do a, a bobble test properly well that's good i'm I, on uh, Thursday afternoon, I went out to a golf course in the Bangkok area and recorded some videos about the bobble test. So as soon as I have I a chance, as soon as I have a chance to edit those together, yeah, you, I, I, think, I saw them on Instagram. Yeah. I, I posted a few little previews on Instagram. I'm, um, I will encourage everybody to watch to the end of that video because we were, we were thinking how how should we close this? Like we re- we've recorded everything about the bauble test. How should we close it? And somebody said, Hey, Michael, why don't you do the birdie dance? And I thought, okay, so let me make a putt. And naturally I made the putt on the first attempt and did the birdie dance, a really good one captured on video, high resolution, just should, should be amazing. I cannot wait. Well, let's hope that doesn't. Let, let's hope that's not a bomb. Let's hope that, that that's one that people watch. Yeah, often. let's let's hope. So, so back to this list. It, yeah. It. I'm gonna start uh, when I wrote it on the blog. 
at asianturfgrass.com, I uh, counted it down from 10 to 1. But I'm going to talk about it now. Just like, let's just get right to the point and say which one was the absolutely least viewed of the year. And we'll count it from, from 1 down to 10. Um, so number 1 for fewest views was that key moments are automatically added on videos. That was a blog post where I was somewhat a somewhat surprised when I checked out my YouTube channel and I saw that the software that YouTube uses is able to find some of the key points in the videos based based basically on how people watch it. I I, I am sure. And then they they already know what the text is because they're doing voice uh, voice to text basically they're able to take the the audio and convert it to text and so they know what the text is they know what the topics are and they can find the key points in the video what those topics are and they make this table of contents and i thought that was awesome because when you go to youtube if you do it like i do you're often doing it looking for information um looking for information about how somebody verifies you know like there's some classic uh videos that 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 show people how, how they do organic matter management or something, how they airify, how they top dress. Or uh, yesterday I was looking for some stuff specific to a particular programming language, how to do a particular thing with one programming language in a different type of software. And it's really useful when there's chapters or table of contents on those videos so you can get right to the point. And I was so pleased that, especially some of those ATC office hour videos that I do that are sometimes up to two hours or two and a half hours long that are long conversations with people about turf grass that those table of contents can automatically be added and it jumps right to well what about fertilizing bunker banks or what about uh sand top dressing amounts or what about tissue testing or so on and those are the key points in the videos so that one no had the fewest clicks Okay, well, I have a question about that. Didn't you post that recently? Um, Wasn't that posted in December? Maybe. I, I maybe. I, say that I, that I, was it was definitely in the recently. autumn. It was definitely because early, I think I early December. Looking at, yeah, early I think December. I re- yeah, I, I think I just remember seeing that recently. Mm-hmm. So perhaps maybe that's why it was number one. But no, I, I think it's a good tool to have on YouTube because, yeah, if I want to say recently you had the one with Rock Guas, I can never say his name right, Rock Guasan. And uh, you want to get to the part, a certain part of that video with Rock or perhaps one with Chris Tridabaugh. You can just go to the table of contents and you don't have to frantically use the the bar where you fast forward through the the video and try to pinpoint where it is and then you're getting ad pop-ups and it's, it becomes very frustrating so i think this would be a really rad tool to have and to use on youtube and i'm definitely going to take advantage of this this feature on youtube from now on i had no idea it existed until i saw this this blog post so this one you did see oh absolutely yeah but i didn't see i felt like i didn't see it until later i i felt yeah it was like it was, maybe it this was, was one that i saw maybe while procrastinating at my in-laws house in cincinnati 
over Christmas, right? And just clicked on it while I was sitting there on a, you know, the day after Christmas, maybe, and we're just waiting to go do something, and I'm procrastinating on Twitter, and I, it, you come up into my feed, and uh, key moments automatically added on videos. Oh, let me click this. And, uh, nice. yeah, I feel like that's when I saw it. So maybe that's why it was the least uh, viewed or least read. I've got a question for you about your Twitter use. Yeah, go for it. Do you do chronological tweets or do you let Twitter decide what you're going to see? I, I, great question. I let Twitter decide what I'm going to see. So there are, there are a surprising number of people that do that, which I, it just astounds me um, because I'm not really interested in seeing stuff. I don't want to see stuff from people I don't follow generally um, unless somebody that I do follow retweets it because I already decide who I want to see stuff from. And, and I would rather see all of it in chronological order. So definitely, um, if I, I get a lot of clicks to my website through Twitter, and if there's a lot of people using Twitter and allowing Twitter to see what, um, allowing Twitter to control what they see, um, then if, if I have a post that doesn't have a lot of likes or retweets initially, then it just kind of dies and nobody sees it um because people you're essentially electing to say i don't really care if i see everything from micah or not if if you if you use the home and what is it top tweets or something i mean i don't know i just i just i don't know i honestly don't know can you is there a way that you go into the settings and change that and to see them, in, I mean, I believe I'm getting them in chronological order, but there are times when I wake up and I'll get a tweet from, say, Guy Cipriano. Is that how you say his name from GCI Magazine? Is it Cipriano, Cipriano? I'm not sure if it's I, a, a I soft Cip- or a hard S. I don't, I don't you know. should have him. You should have him on the show. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I say Cipriano. Okay. So for you don't example, follow him? Mike, I'm sorry. You don't follow him? Oh, I follow him. Yeah, of course I follow him. But yeah, what it'll be? It's it'll be right at the beginning of my of my feed. Mm-hmm. But the tweet will have happened 20 hours ago, so it's not the tweet. Okay. So I I picked up my telephone, uh-huh. and I'm running Android. And at the top right of my timeline, I can click on a little star type of thing. And it says your timeline shows the latest tweets. Okay. And so I, okay. Yep. Your timeline is set to home. Switch yep. to late. Okay. So if I switch you, to late tweets, it's going to go in chronological order of the people that you follow. So I could get the latest Flecky picks, right? I might be missing Flecky picks. I might be missing uh, Francis McDormand's. Uh, did I say his name right? Dan I, Francis. I why do I call Francis him? D Marion or something? Yeah, yeah, Francis. It's like yeah, the actress. I whatever. Um, yeah, Dan Francis. So I can get all these Twitter stars. In chronological order. Hold on. Okay, so 
I cannot wait. Okay, I'm going to switch it up, Micah. Switch so, to latest tweets. Yes. Okay, that's, here we that's, go. And I just got Tron Carter's latest tweet. Do you want to hear Tron Carter's latest tweet? Not really. All right, cool. We only need to hear it. It's but, seemed pretty boring. But, yeah, maybe you'll switch back to home, but I certainly do it in chronological order because that's that's how I use Twitter. That's what I use it for, and I, I'm not really – I don't want to see random stuff. Um, so You don't I, want to see things that I like. Do you know how that that's a feature, too? I don't even know I who Tron to, Carter is. I really could care less. I, I think he's a golf writer, I, I believe, or something. He's uh, maybe no laying up, I think. I, I don't know. I'm probably getting this all wrong. I don't but, know. Yeah. I, I Because I've had to stop. To fo- I've stopped following people, right? Because my, my feed was getting clogged up with their likes. It would be like so-and-so like this, and it would be something just really not really anything pertaining to turf grass or green keeping or turf yeah, grass I, management. I, I, I don't know. I, apparently there's a lot of people like you out there that allow, allow that. Um, but I, I think I would quit using Twitter if I couldn't see it in chronological order. Um, because... but, but the most important, the people that I like, you still pop up. Yeah, but I you're, won't you're... pop up. I won't pop up. You won't see all my tweets, I don't think, in in that because they'll definitely take take ones that nobody really interacts with, and uh-huh. and they will down rank it. So so then it's shown to fewer people, which you see in the view count, which they started making public on other people's tweets also. But I could see that before with my own uh, tweets that like I have uh, seven thousand and some followers, but some tweets will just get like. 800 views or something 800 yeah and so a tweet like that if it only gets like 800 views twitter can tell that a lot of people are not very interested in it and they don't push it to people who have their timeline set up for home so for somebody who has their their twitter set up the way you did where it's set to home then they just won't bother pushing the the non-interesting tweets and so then you gotcha. get things like key moments automatically added on videos, which is sort of like a housekeeping type of thing. Um, and and that, that also just leads to fewer people seeing it. So on to the next one, because we've got a lot of um, unviewed blog posts to discuss Yeah, here. let's go. And, and that is, do more people watch or listen to this show, to the ATC Double Cut? And that's one that somebody asked me, I forget who asked me. Maybe it was you. Uh, I Could think. I think maybe it was somebody else. I, I just remember it at the t- at right now, and so I looked it up because I I can look up the episodes uh, stats from the podcast host, and I could look it up on YouTube. And initially, it was about even, but as the year went on. Um, and I, I did this post, I think, in September. So in like July, August, September, it was definitely there were about twice as many people listening to it as watching it. So that is interesting to me. And it was actually good for me to know. I can I totally understand why people don't click on the blog post, because that's something that's more like a um, 
something that's interesting to me, but maybe it's not interesting to the general public. But the I, reason why it's interesting yeah. to me is because now I know if more people are listening to this show, I can certainly gear it more towards what people are, what it might be like as a listening experience instead of saying, okay, now let's look at this video and let's look at this and let's look at that. And it's more like telling stories or something. Yeah, I am more, in all honesty, I listen more than I watch, but I like watching because I, particularly the office hours when you show your graphs and show graphics along with the interview, I, I think it's really important to see that, right? And it's when you're, when you're doing it as a YouTube live or there's just something about watching it that's, you just get more information but again and we've had this conversation before that people's time are important and what they're going to choose to listen to what they're going to choose to read what they're going to choose to watch on tv is very important so i can digest your material a lot more easily when i'm out on the golf course doing my greenkeeping chores with my earbuds in than I can just sitting in my office, but I will on a lunch break sit in my office. I'll close the door. I'll turn on the. I'll turn off the lights, which which my coworkers all bust on me for. They don't understand why I, I like a dark office during lunch. I it just is very relaxing to me, and I'll just turn on some Micah Woods. I'll go to the ATC uh, channel and and watch some videos and and just hang out with you for my forty five minute lunch period. That's, that's awesome. That's that's awesome. I I uh, I think there's there's more and more interesting stuff there. So you can uh, you can find a lot of things that that you might be interested in, like OM two four six or MLSN or um, bobble test videos or whatever, or interviews with people, or just me talking about uh, irrigation or something. That's you can find it there. I've learned so much these pat how long have you been doing this mike it's been a year right what the yeah it's i about a year right you debuted with chris Chertabah. was that the office hours the first yeah, that was november couple... november 2021 yeah yeah so a little over a year you've been doing it and uh i've learned so much it's been just a fantastic uh additive to my learning and just my entertainment it's been really cool i i've i've had lunch with you even though you're not in the office with me uh <laughs> personally sitting right there I, i've had a lot of lunches with you lunches with micah plenty cool. of lunches with micah watching youtube and and yeah and it, lots of and you've kept me company out on the golf course so it's been awesome cool well i am glad to be able to do that and that is a nice uh segue into the third least viewed blog post which is also a bit of a housekeeping of personal interest to micah um you know insider analytics for my company or 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 whatever it's atc double cut listeners by country um which looks at where the podcast listeners were listening from and uh yeah that that is the Let's see. Let's see if I can bring that up. Um, 
Can you can you see that? Is it showing? Yeah, absolutely. Double cut listeners by country. Yeah, yeah. So I got notified by my podcast host uh, transistor, which, by the way, um, a lot of people are starting podcasts or thinking about starting podcasts. If you want to start a podcast, I really enjoy Transistor as a podcast host. They've they've been terrific. Um, So if you're looking for who to uh, pay to host your content transistor has been really good for me anyway can i have a can, um, I, can I ask you a quick question about your transistor yeah now how is their uh their customer service meaning if you have a problem are you able to call them or do you have to email them a ticket and then somebody gets back to you well i'm i've been so pleased with them i uh, in in uh, 15 months or so of being a customer, I have had to file zero uh, tickets and zero service requests. Um, gotcha. I've had no problems. And that's with two shows. That's with both the ATC Double Cut and with um, uh, ATC Office Hours, which are two different shows. So Okay, okay. I use Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N, mm-hmm. and they've been really good. Yes, they. I think they may be the market leader. They, they are are pretty big. Um, yeah, yeah. They're they're they've been they've been fine. I, I've had the only weird thing is it, it's, and it's so. How can I put this? It, it's when you have a problem, right? You feel like you're the only person in the world that should be taken care of right now, and sometimes you lose fact. You you just lose sight of that and that hey you're one of millions that are having a problem it's just not you and it just becomes so personal and i get so anxious about it It, for example jeff lacour do you remember that episode with jeff lacour uh it was last year in march sometime and i had just switched i just used my new artwork it was the first episode i did the new artwork and it wasn't posting on apple because apple had this weird they have this weird way that your artwork has to be perfect it has to be perfectly sized or whatever or they won't post it and i was having problems and issues with it and uh i would just made me so nervous right it just because that because apple is people listen to my podcast most through apple and yeah it just wasn't out and it just made me nervous and i would i would have loved to have just gotten on the phone with lips and and talked it through with somebody but instead i had to do it via email which was kind of annoying but we we fixed the problem yeah i i remember when that happened and i was telling or i noticed that it was updated on spotify where i listen to your show the talking green yeah and i think you told me but it wasn't on apple which is really what matters for for you yeah i mean it does i mean in the grand scheme of things it's fine it it, it got all worked out but yeah i just i don't know i just get all weird and anxious about it It, i just i like that human interaction when i have a problem i would love to just talk but anyway let's let's talk about this countries with the most downloads of the ATC double cut with Michael Woods. Let's talk about this. Micah. And and this was from April 1st to August 15th of 2022. So that, that was the time period I looked at and it was 
uh, five English-speaking countries to top the list. Number one was the United States, then the United Kingdom, Canada, Australia, and Ireland, number five. And then the next four were all countries where English is a second language. Denmark, Spain, Germany, Sweden, and then New Zealand, number 10. So it was... It's definitely a global, right? We've got Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, and North America, and Australia, and Europe, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but it, there's there's people all over the world that listen to the show, but just like in a place like Vietnam, you'll get like one or two people listen to each episode. And in places like the United States, it might be 100 or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the next part is per capita, right? Yeah, Bjarni, Bjarni from Iceland. Uh, I think people from Iceland often say, well, what about a per capita basis? Because the country population is 180,000 people or something. So um, on a per capita basis, Iceland was number two. Monaco was number one. Iceland, number two. Ireland, number three. So some of these countries made the lit made both lists like ireland denmark new zealand australia united kingdom and canada were on both lists and then some places like slovenia saint lucia and iceland and monaco were new they they made it on the per capita list so no that's cool i, I think i was number one golf podcast in iceland for a hot minute you know not to go uh, oxymoron, hot wow. minute night, right? Well, the, but, con congratulations. That's yeah, that's awesome. yeah. I just I remember getting an email saying you're number one in golf podcast in Iceland, and I remember thinking to myself, that is really uh, quite the accomplishment. I was pretty stoked. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's it's good. It's it's nice to see those stats. Um, yeah, it is nice. So we. I know we're both um, podcast hosts or, or content creators or whatever we want to call that. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that you feel the same way that I do, that it's very flattering that people from around the world take the time, take their very valuable time to spend some of it listening to what we have to say or to, to listen what we're, to what we're talking about. So I, I will express my thanks to anybody who's listening right now. Thank you. And, and I will give you the opportunity to do the same if, if you have the same type of feelings. Micah, you, I couldn't have said it any better. So I'll just uh, do the quotation marks underneath what you just said. And that's exactly how I feel. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Awesome. Now, now that I realize how I can share the screen, I'm going um, to bring up that list of the two-week tour in Japan, because we're now up to number four. And now we start. So the, the bottom three, the the three blog posts that nobody lit, watched and nobody clicked on, nobody viewed um, were really, let's call them housekeeping issues for me and things that I'm just looking at my own stats, things that obviously would be interesting to me. But I can I can very much understand why people might not care whether more people watch or listen to this show um now now we start moving into things that i think some people might have missed the first time around or they might be interested in and that's like the 
two-week turfgrass tour in Japan. And this is uh, now showing on the screen for those of you watching it. And I will scroll down. Uh, I started off with this post saying, I was in Japan for two weeks to work at the KBC Augusta tournament, have meetings and visit turfgrass sites. On this trip, I made a deliberate effort to record some videos to show a few things that I find interesting about turfgrass management in Japan. And it turned out, it turned out that there were 18 videos and they're on such a wide range of topics. And I listed them, I put direct links to them. And these include tools that I use to measure surface performance and the growing environment of golf course putting greens. And there's pre-tournament visits to Andrew McDaniel at Kea Golf Club before the KBC Augusta tournament and one after the KBC Augusta tournament. We've got just, yeah, it's about food in Japan, non-alcohol beer in Japan, about the source material for golf course architecture, which Benjamin Warren says is the links of Scotland. Um, it's about soft ice cream, bullet trains. <laughs> it's so, so many things. And uh, there were just a lot of, a lot of videos that I did. And so there's a list of all of them there. And I, I think so, these are some of the most interesting videos of the year. Um, because I think that golf in Japan is something that a lot of people don't get to see They're, They, um, yeah, a lot of people haven't even been to Japan. And if people do go to Japan, they rarely go and see the golf courses that are out in the countryside, out of the city centers. Um, it's it, people go to Kyoto and see the temples or they go to Niseko and, and, uh, ski. And also Benjamin Warren and I talked about that in, in the video with Benjamin Warren, he lets us know that the best lift accessible powder in the world is in Hokkaido. So yeah, we talk about a wide range of things. Yeah. I got to get on this one. I did not see this one come up in my feed nor in my email or i did and i just perhaps 9 10 i'm looking at the date stevie's probably first week back to school rory's back to school it's really our first week of just hectic school getting back into the rhythm of rory and stevie being off all summer so perhaps i just overlooked it right mm -hmm. i'm probably doing i'm busy at work september is a really busy month of work at uh in the mid-atlantic region of the united states and yeah i may have just overlooked this one but this is one i, I definitely am going to be having i'm going to be having some micah this week yeah checking I, out this site i, Ch I was checking out this blog post i was thinking that in the winter i can understand when i when I did this in August and early September for people in the Northern hemisphere, it's hard to sit down and watch YouTube videos. If you're in the golf course maintenance business, uh, that's, that's not a high priority thing to do. But if people have a little bit more time in January now, um, or, or in the, the next few months, maybe check out some of these because I think it's, yeah, some of these are interesting. Absolutely. I'm a sucker for soft ice cream sucker for soft ice cream one of our favorite things to do micah uh, my wife and i is if it's a hot sort of steamy humid night in july we like to go to mcdonald's and get a cone 
It's a it's like a buck twenty nine for oh, a cone of vanilla you, ice cream. You gotta come to Thailand. They're about thirty three cents. Thirty three cents at, at McDonald's. At McDonald's, yeah, yeah, it's ten, 10 yeah. <laughs> And there's just yeah, there's just something about that ice cream, that soft serve ice cream. They have the Rita's water ice here, which is. Have you ever had a water ice, Micah? Is it a is it a snow cone? Or a shaved ice. If it's in Hawaii, you call it shaved ice, and you you shave the ice, and then you you put some syrup over it. See, this is Italian water ice. So Italian water ice is made with the with the fruit. Usually, it's lemon. Lemon is the one that they usually make it with. It's a lemon water ice, and it's made with real lemon juice. And you'll get these. You'll get the the actual shavings of the lemon peel in the water ice itself. That just make it bang with flavor but there's this place rita's water ice that has mango it has all the flavors that are awesome but they have a killer soft serve and they have what is called which i've been busting on so long they have a gelati right uh-huh. or gelato a gelato uh-huh. my fault which is soft serve ice cream and uh water ice mixed together and oh, it's wow it's insanely good. It's insanely good because you get to the top, it's the soft serve, and then you get into the, the water ice part, and then the water ice gets mixed with the soft serve ice cream, and it's just a really just a really cool food experience. That's so, nice. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. put a plug. I'm going to put a plug in for uh, soft cream in Japan, which I think is my favorite. And the reason why it's my favorite is because of the regional flavors. And in Japan, there are there's a relatively high population and a relatively small land area, and it's a very rugged country. And so the places, um, you know, you may have this city that's over a mountain range or through a tunnel, uh, you know, to get there, and it, it has a slightly different climate, and there may be a particular citrus that grows there. Like in Oita, um, there's a citrus called Kabosu, and um, I, I just had a gift of it, and I was uh, trying to explain to my wife what it is, and she's like, where's that from? What is it again? What is it again? But because I am so lucky to get to travel around all over Japan to visit golf courses and study turf grass, I often get to see these regional places and the regional food. And, you know, this place has this kind of crab, this other place has that kind of crab. They don't use that weird kind of seasoning uh, that that I tasted in those Ots potato, oh, uh, old, right, old bay right. seasoning. The old uh, in, hay. Yeah, in Japan, it's more just going to be like, let's just taste the crab. Um <laughs> But, I gotcha. I know. I which I like too. And that's a crab cake sandwich. You're gonna just taste the crab. You're not mm-hmm. gonna get. You're not gonna get the uh, overpower. The Old Bay is for the steamed crab. That's such an Eastern Shore Maryland thing, right? And mm-hmm. they just they put it on a potato chip. Old Bay, and and people freak out on Old Bay in this region of the of the United States mm-hmm. and. There are shirts that say I put Old Bay on my Old Bay and you can get Old Bay wings and it's just a it's just a unique taste. It's a unique I'm going to I'm going to explore that one a little bit further because uh, um, there's more for me to understand mm. about it. Um, but yeah, back- yeah. Well, for the I don't think people know that backstory because we didn't did we talk about I think we talked about it after 
the uh, we had our podcast together, which unfortunately was not done in live like we had wanted to in person. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I was actually uh, I was actually in Maryland, and yeah, uh, you're in Delaware, kind of the heart of everywhere, and you're not very far from anywhere. And so it's I a said, geographical oddity. It's yeah, basically hours from everywhere yeah yeah and like we're we're 12 time zones away right now but if you get on yeah. an airplane it takes more than 12 hours to get here so when i'm in maryland i think well you're you're pretty close maybe we could meet up and uh oh, we were planning man. that and then you got covid uh i think which was the reason we couldn't do it and uh yeah that was it was yeah I, it was uh yeah unfortunately i did get the covids and uh but yeah and then after we finished our conversation I said, you got to check it because I know that you're a potato chip connoisseur. Mm -hmm. uh, you love to write about the different flavors of potato chips that you find. And I said, hey, listen, you, there's this potato chip that you're definitely going to find in Maryland. It's going to be the Utz uh, crab chip. And it's all bay, basically. Yeah. And you weren't too. You didn't think it was that good, though. Uh, yeah, I gave the rest of the bag away. Um, yeah, it's yeah. I, mean, it's a I weird, tried like, it. I, I, it yeah. didn't taste like crab. It tasted like seasoning, and I didn't yeah, find the seasoning, bag. and I didn't find the seasoning that exciting. But I don't have a a history of of associating that flavor with anything. So I'm sure if yeah. I went to Eastern Maryland and uh, had some crabs and the nice ambience there and have that seasoning, then I could appreciate it. And that's what I'm saying. When I need to explore that further, uh, maybe next time I'll come visit you in the summer and we'll go down to maryland or something yeah and eat some crabs it's it's really not a meal that's you eat to get full it's the social aspect of eating crabs it's the, the picking apart and just the, going through the whole crab itself and the whole process of it which is cool and and you get that big back fin right and, and you're like oh check this out and you get the back fin you dip it in the butter and it's just i don't know it's the whole thing it's pretty awesome well, nice. So back to Japan yeah. and the soft yes, cream. Back to Japan. So um, I was recently in Japan and I had um, a couple of soft creams. One was a McDonald's soft cream, and which is so good, so good, it, right? It, it, that was very good. And the other one, on, yeah, uh, in Chiba Prefecture, which grows a lot of peanuts. And I'm uh, I was formerly a golf course superintendent in Chiba, and and I have fond memories of being 23, 24 years old working in Chiba and that, uh, that prefecture, Chiba, Chiba. Chiba that, that prefecture is famous for many things, including, the uh, peanut production. So I am always looking for peanut soft cream when I'm in Chiba and on the way to Narita airport, when I was leaving Japan, uh, um, 10 days ago or something, we found a superb, a superb peanut soft cream, and and I ordered it. So, awesome. So that that's for I me. Know, Japan, Japan to me, Micah is one of these places. The way you talk about Hokkaido, and then talking to uh, my one of my more recent episodes with uh, Doctor Richard Hurley, whom I really enjoyed talking to. Uh, he's been to Hokkaido, and I brought up that that's your favorite place to golf and he told yeah 007 there you go 007 yeah, yeah so i'm, I'm, I'm wearing my 007 shirt i i do consulting for royal turf company i've been a long time advisor for that company 
and they are the importer of 007 and 777 um, seeds to Japan. And those seeds are widely used around Japan, which is part of the reason why I get to travel to so many different places to see uh, test plots of those grasses and see uh, superintendents who, who are using them with great success. Awesome. Well, I think number four on the list should be off the list of top 10 and people should start hitting up that blog and oh. particularly greenkeepers that are watching this listening to this on the east coast come on man you know how winners are chill just yeah don't go to stupid instagram and watch instagram reels watch micah wood's two-week turf grass tour in japan it'd be much more informative Awesome. And now let's move on to number five, which oh, here we are. Here the we are. talk, the talking greenkeeper season five, episode one reviews the instant classic episode of this show. When Dr. Frank Rossi finally made an appearance. Now that, uh, when there is a podcast episode or another, somebody else's blog post or article or some, or, uh, video that I think is really interesting and well worth watching or listening to or reading, I'll often do a blog post about it. And I was, I so enjoyed that episode uh, that I did a blog post about it, but uh, that that made my list of, of ones that people didn't click on. So I, I know a lot of people listen to that, but they listen to it through, through uh, Apple Podcasts, through uh you know, spotify. spotify or yeah. whatever and so they're not gonna it, they would have already seen it and so they're just like oh micah thinks that's interesting but they're not gonna actually click through and read about it on my blog but uh it's nice that you could make this list well thank you i i was very i was very when this when this actual blog came out the 10 least read blogs of 2022 and i saw that at number five, I had a laugh. I thought it was very good, and <laughs> I was very stoked to make this list. It seemed very appropriate because I've been on podcasts with you where we talk about your your that your blogs that don't do so well. So it just seemed appropriate, right? Yeah, uh, it it was as soon as that came on, I was like, okay, definitely <laughs> Joe and I are going to have to talk about this. But yeah, I'm actually glad it's at number five instead of number one, because it, it would be a little bit embarrassing for me to have to say, you know, Joe, when I was writing about you, that was the, the, the one post of the year out of all the bad ones that I did, the, the absolute worst, the one that nobody cares about is you. And I'm so glad that I don't have to say that. It's not, you're so glad it's, it's, it didn't, I think it would have been great if it came in number one. Let's hope next year. Yeah. We got to get one that goes to number one. So that if you be, ever that, see this one, don't click on it. We need to get it to number one. That would be embarrassing for both of us. I know. So, well, Here's the but thing. Congratulations, think, by the way, for getting Frank on. And and oh, we we can tell a little I, bit of a backstory on that too. Yeah, go ahead because I don't think people realize how influential you were for for finally getting him on the podcast. Well, I, and Dr. Rossi is a very is very busy. And at, when you get to that stage in your career and you're so um well known and well respected around the world you have a lot of demands on your time and a lot of obligations and then you have family 
that you you have to have your time for family and your time for your real job and your time for you know it you just run out of time to do things so it's quite difficult for frank to even agree to come on the show and you had told me like okay i'm scheduled i finally got frank because i i'd kept encouraging frank you know it would be really interesting to hear you instead of being a host of the frankly speaking podcast which is one that i listen to pretty much every episode and uh i haven't found that on spotify which i'm just like come on Turfnet. uh i think they put it on on if it somebody correct it's me if i'm on wrong spotify i don't think so they 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 yeah, it's on right it's now. on itunes but I haven't found it on Spotify. Um, so it's it's a bit of a hassle for me to listen to it because I have to download the episodes and and then transfer it to my phone and then uh, I listen to it manually. But wow, it's it's not hold on. Okay, so frankly speaking, it did not come up. Let me go Turfnet Radio. Yeah, I Oh it, hold on. Yeah, so I I don't I'll let you search for that. I I don't think it's it's on Spotify, which it's not. It's not. It is not. Turfnet Radio is not on. So you can't get Earthworks. You can't get Randy Booker. Who's the other fellow that loves? To, I think uh, Bradley Klein has a renovation report or something. Or yeah, I. So you're not getting any of that on Spotify. Yeah, come on, Peter McCormick, you gotta step up your game, son. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I think yeah maybe maybe they will do it maybe maybe they yeah. can put it I mean it's it's pretty easy to to put onto a lot of platforms I'm I don't mention all the platforms that I'm on but I'm on I mean if you want you can listen to this on Amazon and on Google Podcasts and yeah and pretty much anything bean. yeah because I I try to make it as easy as possible for for the listeners um, but anyway so Frank yeah. is Frank is quite busy and I he go is. to the and it is quite complicated for me to actually even be able to listen to them, but I I go to the trouble of doing it because I I find it worth listening to, and I thought it would be interesting to hear him uh, as a guest. And so you told me that you finally had Frank, and then and then you messaged me and you're like he 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 stiffed me or he 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 goes I forget me the word something he, he something it, it's yeah. like because he had to reschedule. And I said, man, I was his graduate student. <laughs> I this happens. That this happens. And he oh, I was mean. fired up, man. Yeah, I was and fired I'm like, up. Just chill we out. talked. We talked on the phone. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You called me, and I'm like, chill out. Like, dude, he, I was he, like, what the fuck, dude? He he's, he's, bailed. He's, he's. I'm like, yeah. You said like he bailed or something. I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, will, he will come on the show. Um, and yeah, he eventually he. He did, and that that was he a very did. good episode, and I was I was so glad to to. I forget uh, what did I do? What did, I forget? I I can't even remember what I did. Isn't that funny? How mad and how weird we get as humans, and we can't even remember what because yeah, I took the day off. I took a vacation day. I think that's why I was so mad because I actually took. I had to use one of my vacation days right to 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 go out of my way and schedule this recording with him and he just totally but i think you know what we did we did it saturday after i think we did it just like a couple days after yeah. so it was it totally yeah. it all worked out it all worked out but yeah i was well the, the know, same thing happened to me remember the the atc yeah, office the hours in december song. with with rock and then frank got yeah. the flu and he 
excuse me, Frank, Frank got the flu and he said he couldn't, uh, you know, he couldn't join. And it's like, yeah. Hey, I well, mean, listen, what, what Michael Jordan had the best game of his life with the flu. He should have just he could have stepped up his game there. <laughs> yeah, I I just kind I'm of just ex- I just kind of expect it like for, for yeah. busy for busy people he had had the christmas flu micah he had the christmas flu dude but you know that he had to go to the ithaca mall and do some christmas shopping i had a a friend of mine say that he really enjoys watching my youtube and uh you know listening to the double cut and so on and then he he uh put an additional clause on that and said especially when when micah has guests on and oh, that's cool. I know it's like, oh, nice, nice. So, so you, I, I understand maybe, maybe it's more interesting to listen to me have conversations instead of listening to me do a monologue. But you know, as a podcast host, and and I think it's even more difficult for me being in the time zone and with the travel. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm home today recording. This is the first time I've been here. I got home 15 hours ago. And I've been, uh, I was here one night in November um, and a little bit like four nights in October or something. That's like, I'm when I'm traveling and also just with my time zone, it's quite difficult for me to do anything with guests. And so if, if I'm going to do a show, it's like, yeah, basically it's just going to be a lot of monologues. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And that's when when you texted me this morning. I didn't want to hem and haul with with figuring out a date. I said, "Listen, I'm good to go tonight, for, which is tomorrow morning for you." And I just said to myself, "Let's just do it, right? Let's yeah, not hem and haul." Easiest, not... Yeah, that's yeah. the easiest way to do it because totally. you know, you know, because you sometimes you have mentioned to me that it can be difficult. You spend a lot of time uh, scheduling guests. And then you have yeah. to often you have to have the day off work or you have to take, you know, right. you say, you know, you have to skip dinner with your family or or whatever. You have to, um, you know, you have to block yeah. the time. And uh, like if if uh, yeah, it, it can be quite a hassle to to be able to arrange guests. And then if the guests uh, back out at the last minute and say they need to reschedule. You're just like, what? I've, I've, I've arranged my entire schedule around your schedule, the guest. And then when the guest changes it, you're just like, no, I, I can't reschedule. I, I can't. <laughs> That's when I pick up the phone and call you and bitch about it. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. But one thing about that, it's, it's, it is, it is one of the things. And when you're running a podcast and you're trying to find guests, and it's it can be it can be it can be hectic it can be kind of stressful and there are people that i want to talk to on your side of the world micah and i have my list i'm going through my list right now and i'm pretty much booked from january to february couple uh people one person booked in march two people booked in march but i there are people that i want to that I want to talk to on your side of the world. And I just have to wait until I get my weekend schedule for the 2023 season. So that way I have, I'll have my SDRs, my standard day of rest 
the week mm-hmm. before my weekend, and that's when I'll be able to schedule people on your side of the world where I can wake up at 7 a.m. and, and it's 7 p.m. their time. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I it's I definitely want to talk to people. Like I'm fascinated. I want to talk to people in Australia. I want to talk. Gar- uh, Grant Sanders, Saunders, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, ha- booking guests like that is is challenging. Yeah, and so for me, because there's a lot of people I'd like to speak with in Europe or the United States or Canada, um, but the time zone when I'm in Asia, sometimes the time zone doesn't work, and uh, it's like I've I've got a call coming up later this month, and uh, they requested it's not a podcast call it's a different kind of call um but the requested time worked out to be in my time zone uh the earliest start time they wanted was 11 p.m for my time and they want to finish by 3 a.m and it's just like you know that's that's not really my normally i'm early to bed early to rise but i don't uh i don't stay up till 11 and i don't wake uh at two you know it's it's more like i sleep at eight and wake at four or something so it's like yeah i this is a work project i will arrange my schedule for it but yeah absolutely if i was trying to do a podcast with with regular guests and every time that i that i had time to do i i would have to put myself on a different time zone which just doesn't work which is Anyway, a, a long, yeah, long story. No, and no, I know, but yeah, that was that was funny. The day that that Dr. Rossi bailed on me, I was very just uh, put off, and I called you, and you were able to talk me off the ledge. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't. Lo and think... behold, we had a great episode that led to uh, a blog post by you that, that made this number five on the list yeah so if anybody hasn't listened to that i've i've had other people contact me um because they know that i was frank rossi's graduate student and they know that i have a, a good relationship with with dr rossi and they said and so they've just told me that they really enjoyed that episode and they said they'd even uh written to frank or called frank to tell him that they were so glad that he agreed to be a guest on your show because they thought that that was very interesting to hear that that conversation. So, well done. Well, thank you for hooking that up because I don't think that happens without you putting the full court press on them. Well, good. Let, let's. Uh, who who's who's next? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, number. I think we six? should get. I think we should get Benny. Okay, number six. Yeah, Ben. Let's. We gotta start hitting Ben up. Ben needs <laughs> it. Ben, come on now, Ben. Yeah, I feel so, like. Uh, uh, yeah. So, another the number six is Turfgrass on a Spanish tour. That one is is just announcing some uh, seminars that I was doing in Spain, and I, I tell a story about my first trip to Spain. Um, but I can understand that maybe people are not so interested in that. You know what people are interested in is things that give them solutions or answers um, um, and more like, you know, here's how to solve this problem. That's actually what um, Pace Turf does. So if I was going to run an advertisement on this show, uh, I should say check out uh, – paceturf.org which is practical advice and decision support tools because if you look at the top 10 posts it's all about things like mlsn how to do fertilizer 
yeah. OM246, how to adjust your sand top dressing, how to use temperature, site-specific temperature and growth potential to get a starting point estimate for how much sand to put. And that's all things that you can find on Pace Turf, which Asian turf grass is more about like what Mike is interesting, what Mike is interested in. And some of that is turf tourism stuff and whatever, but Pace Turf is just all about useful information. So I'll, I'll use that chance to point out, it doesn't surprise me that people aren't interested about turf grass on a Spanish tour and my story about my first trip to Spain. But um, if you are interested in the kind of things that a lot of people are, check out paceturf.org. Absolutely. Well, I, re I remember the, the, uh, the turf grass on a Spanish tour. I immediately clicked on that because as anybody, the past two times I've been on, I've expressed my love of travel and living vicariously through you, Mike, and the places that you go. So I always, that's an interest to me. So please keep writing them. Just at least I'm clicking on them and, and I'm going to enjoy them. So yeah, just, I'll, I'll read them, Micah. It's cool. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, and Thanks. Pace Turf too. Uh, Ripping Pace Turf. Love Pace Turf. Yeah, there, there's some a lot of free information there. A lot of free information resources, and then the you weather can... appraisal form in itself is just worth it just to go there, just to do your weather appraisal form, right? Well, you got to pay two hundred and seventy-five dollars to get the full deal. Um, the two hundred and seventy-five dollars is an annual subscription, so you get. Um, so much information for that, um, including a site-specific climate appraisal. But you can download a spreadsheet that's a, called a climate appraisal form, and you can climate appraisal. Okay, yeah, and, and gotcha. you can get some information there. That that is part of the free aspect of of PaceTurf's information service. So anyway, gotcha. check it out. Gotcha. We've been actually getting quite a few new subscribers. You know, kind of. I think people move into the 2023 budget year or something, and they say. Um, yeah, they want to go ahead and, and either renew their subscription or become a new subscriber. So I'm quite, quite excited about that. And um, yeah, that's a deal. I'm going to go, I'm going to hit up the powers of be at DuPont country club and see if we can't make that happen. Micah. Wonderful. I, I appreciate that. And, um, I, I, um, yeah, I, I, I have always used pace turf as an information resource and pace turf has a lot of information about pest control and weeds and diseases and insects that are things that I don't really focus on on the Asian turfgrass website. Um, and and there there's just a lot of useful reference information that's available to subscribers of Pace Turf. So I, I'm going to keep awesome. mentioning that because I do think it's an incredible value. I, I agree. Number seven is also a turf tourism one. It is mowing patterns in tea fields, which considers some different ways of making stripes on grass and tea. I was in uh, Kagoshima, Japan, in a tea production area, and I saw that the way the machines uh, harvest the tea puts actual actual stripes on the on the tea plants. I thought that was interesting, and I made a blog post about it and i cared i loved it because i had no idea that they did mowing patterns in tea fields and then at the end you throw in the the soccer pitch or the football pitch in thailand and how they did it 
That's crazy, because, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, right. They did it by by just lowering the height of cut. And, and it's yeah. Like, so, huh. it, yeah. So this is a good yeah, one. Yeah, fascinating. And just I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, why this is this is good for your home lawn for you home lawn people out there? If you want to put stripes <laughs> and you can't quite figure it out, if you scalp the grass, it turns a little bit yellow. It'll so you stripe just, it. You, so you so you set two different mowing heights. You scalp it a little bit to show some of the stems. Cut more of the green leaves off. That that's your light stripe. <laughs> and then you cut at the proper mowing height, and and you have it green. And that because there's more leaf tissue on there, and and you don't see the stem so much. So that's your dark stripe. And that's uh, I've heard about that on cricket in India. Um, a friend of mine, who who went to India, saw that, and he's like, you know. Gee, it's just like you can't believe it that people actually are doing that. And then I saw. Okay, it so myself. is it because they don't have rollers and they're just they're cutting with maybe perhaps rotary mowers? No, it's or... lack of uh, lack of understanding of how the stripes are developed by people that just have no turf grass education. And so this was, yeah. So you can imagine if somebody's, uh, yeah, if somebody's just thrown into the job. They know what it's right. they know what it's supposed to look like, but they don't know how it happens. And they, uh, for a complete novice, they might just assume that it's a different mowing height or something, and they they don't Did realize ever, that it's a rolling effect. Yeah. Did you ever read the book? It was about I don't ever I don't know who the, I can't remember who the author was or what the title of the book was about, but it was about. Uh, these Indian people that lived in man in New York, I think in Staten Island, Staten Island in particular. It's a it's a fiction book, and they started a cricket club, and they didn't have a place to play. They were playing in a parking lot, and then they were able to find a field, and they they planted it to bent grass, and it told the story of just creating this cricket. I don't even know what they call it. Is it a cricket field? Um. Is it a cricket Wicked. pitch? I don't. I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, it's a. But I, the part where the ball bounces is called the wicket, and the the rest of it is called the outfield. Um, okay, so yes, yeah, so I mean, they it's a cricket a ground. Way. It's often called a cricket ground, but yeah, that might include the stands. Pakistanis. I don't know, but it, I, I just remember reading the book. It was an okay book, but I was fascinated by the author's knowledge of turf grass. Which oh, I don't cool. think he had any, but oh. he basically researched it and did a pretty good job. And it was just a story about, I don't know, it was just interesting about these, these. Uh, I don't even know if they were Pakistanis or Indians, but they were just Middle Eastern people living in Manhattan that decided that there needed to be a place for them to play cricket. And they developed this, they they basically created a wicket and, a, and an outfield and they pulled their I don't know it was, it was a cool book I can't remember I probably read nice. it like 15 years ago why don't you tweet out the title of that book sometime? I'll try I'll google it I'll do some googling but anyway that's what it kind of but you know I loved the mowing patterns and tea fields I I love that one because it was just like oh, okay mowing pattern first off the, the, the title caught my eye and I loved how they do it it's pretty much same way that we do it right it's just the way they cut the tea fields that goes the stripes and then at the end with the mowing the uh the the uh the football pitch in thailand how they did their stripes awesome yeah 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 that, uh, that's killer 
that's that's pretty nice it's just yeah if you scalp the grass it turns it a little bit yellow so that's yeah that's not really the way i would do a professional pitch but yeah i just anyway. do no stripes if i could stripe it just cut it anyway so i got awesome it, i loved it i can't believe it made the list and you know the the one that i can't made believe made the list is number nine which is one of my favorite posts of the year but number eight i i guess yeah it is not a huge surprise that people don't aren't interested in this this is uh golf rounds and days open i think it's fascinating about how things are done in different countries and in japan in fukuoka prefecture in japan they uh all of the golf courses share their rounds per month and they show the number of days open they show share how many rounds were played whether the rounds were played by members or by guests and so from that you can look at how many rounds are played and uh how much time there is to do maintenance basically so i think that's really interesting there's 190 golf facilities in fukuoka prefecture which is um in the northwestern corner of kyushu which is in southwestern japan and uh i showed that in i i used june 2022 data and on average the uh the courses were doing 3,350 rounds per 18 holes. The busiest course did 6,544 rounds per 18 holes. In, it, in June, in the month of June. In the month of June. And wow. the minimum was yeah. 815. So, I mean, that that's, uh, that's interesting. It just kind of shows that golf is a serious sport there. I think that at the high end, that's actually a lot of rounds probably for anywhere. And yeah, then, absolutely. Um, it shows how much of the rounds are played by members. You know, people have this perception that golf in Japan is so expensive and so exclusive that you can't get a tee time, but, uh, it, or, you know, or you can't even buy a membership. And that's how it was in 1989, but, and 1990, but we are, you know, more than three decades past the bubble, the economic bubble in Japan, when that actually was the case. And now it's possible to get tee times and go play golf if you want to. And so, um, uh, the average here was 27% member rounds. So you've got 73% of the rounds, 73% of the rounds played in Fukuoka in June were played by uh, guests or, or meaning you don't have a membership at the facility. You've just contacted them and made a tea time. And then the part that I find is most interesting is the business days that the days that they were open for play. And there are 30 days in the month of June and on average, there were 29 days open for play. So the average golf course in Fukuoka out of 190 golf facilities, uh, the average golf course was closed less than one day in the month, which means they're operating the golf courses as a business. They don't have maintenance Mondays, which is why like in this part of the world where I do a lot of work and I see all of these successful golf courses just making money and not messing around with maintenance Mondays. I think it's very precious to see um, the United States golf association green section say, okay, time for maintenance Monday. Who's closing the course and doing work today. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's very precious I, to do that. I think when, when I, I, it's, it's not very businesslike 
um, to to say, okay, today we're just closed. You can't come play golf. We're just going to dedicate this day to maintenance. And I feel for the greenkeepers in this part of the world, they don't they don't have that luxury because they have to do all the work on days when the course is slammed with golfers. Yeah, it, it, it's it's funny, right? Maintenance Monday because I'm a golfer, right? And sometimes my SDR will fall on a Monday and it's it's kind of difficult to find a tee time or go play a course on a Monday because a lot of courses in this area are closed on Monday for for maintenance and what exactly is that accomplishing? Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. It's just it's I agree, Mike. It's it's a fascinating subject. It's one that I quite don't understand why the USGA is pitching a maintenance Monday. And I think it's, again, it's, it's golf's focus on the 1%, right? It, it's it, all the, the magazines, all the media. You go on golf Twitter, not even turf Twitter, right? GCM, uh, GCI golfed them it's really the focus is on these high-end courses i'm if you're not not, not gci though not not gci the um okay. if you if you see the a lot of the stuff that they do they, they're they're looking at regular golf courses uh, okay. guy Cip, cipriano who we mentioned earlier you know he goes yeah. and plays nine hole courses municipal courses and they they actually are trying to focus on the reality of the industry um, um, I think Golfdom does does that pretty good. Yeah, too. they do. I but they still but like and listen, I wrote for Golfdom, right? It, it's mm-hmm. I, it just but that's what people. I guess what I'm trying to say is a lot of our focus. Look at the fried egg, right? The fried egg, really interesting website, really interesting content that they're producing, but a lot of it is high end. Golfers Journal the the uh, broken tea society they they want this to be this inclusive club but look it, look at all the courses that they just put out on their on their tour for this summer and they're all really high end courses that cost a lot of money to play so my high, my point is the point I'm trying to make is the USGA it's just still kind of maybe perhaps and it's, this is just my opinion I'm not saying that's what they are they're sort of caught up in this 1% where if you're, I don't know, National Golf Links of America, if you're Pine Valley, if you're Marion, yeah, you could shut down on Monday to do maintenance. But at DuPont Country Club, we're, we're having, we're, we have outings. It's actually outing Monday. And that's when they're selling their outings. Like, that's when we have all our outings. But I don't think it's feasible for, say, the course right up down the road for me, Del Castle, or my boy, Mark McGreevy. My boy, Mark McGreevy, is not doing a maintenance Monday because they would lose 200 rounds in June on a maintenance. So they're not doing that. So, like, why is the USGA pitching this? Why aren't they looking at the data from the ninth, la- the ninth, uh, eighth? Oh, sorry, my fault. <laughs> well, Eighth, my it, bad, my bad. Yeah, Eighth, it's, uh, less at least read uh, blog on your on your website, right? Like, well, there's I, my rant about that. Yeah, I I I think that people uh, 
you know, golf in Japan is different than golf in the United States. And for that reason, they don't necessarily, nobody really needs to pay attention to it. I just find it interesting. Um, and I, I'm sure like in a place like Iceland that has a short golfing season, um, I don't, I don't, they have maintenance Mondays because it, it just wouldn't make sense. Um, somebody from Iceland, please correct me if I'm wrong. And, um, I know the old course has ha, the old course at St. Andrews is closed on Sundays, but that's also a, uh, a municipal course or a, a community course. And yeah, and uh, you they make, have lunch out there, yeah, right? Yeah. You can go play in the bunkers and walk your dog dogs. Yeah. So, um, I, I think for some, some places it makes sense. And I understand that these very high end clubs that want to present the absolute most immaculate conditions for the members um, are, are going to have maintenance Mondays, but you know, I don't, I don't think Augusta national does maintenance Mondays and you know, you see Augusta national, they don't close before the masters. Then the maintenance staff there do an excellent job to pre prepare the course very well on a daily basis. And then right up to the tournament, they, you know, they continue working while there's play. Um, and to me, that's like the ideal. I often think of Augusta National. Of course, it's is like the the ultimate in exclusive and high end. But you yeah. look at some of the stuff that they do, and and you can say, okay, it, it makes sense that they that the course is open for play every day, and it makes sense that they don't shut down for maintenance. Um, they shut down for maintenance in the summer when the course is closed, but during the time when it's open, it's open, and that to me, like just kind of makes sense. So I, I don't know where the maintenance Mondays, uh, why, I don't why know it has either. to be a thing. I, yeah. I, I mean, it's really old school, right? I, I just, I remember when I busted into the business in 1998 at New York country club as an entry level greenkeeper, the course was closed on Monday and that was just sort of the thing that all the clubs that were, they were just closed on Monday. So you could just, do some things on the course, get some things done on the course that you wanted to get done. But I, I believe it's old school and antiquated. And I think that, you know, I say that the USGA really focuses on the 1% and, and place like the Friday and, and the golfers journal. I say that, but I think is on the whole, the industry is getting a lot better for recognizing municipal golf. It was at the National Links Trust, uh, and and the data that they're producing that you know fifty percent of golf is made up of municipal golf in America, and it's just maybe yeah. we should be rethinking maintenance Monday. You, um, your one of your future guests, Benjamin Warren, who we mentioned earlier, he did the, I think it's called the Loop, at at Chaska. And yeah. that, that's going to open. That's a municipal uh, course with a putting course also that's right right near. It's on the same lake. Uh, if you go around the lake that the 16th hole at Hazeltine National Golf Club is on, and if you would get in a canoe and, and go out from the 16th green and continue, I think, to the west a little bit, you would get to the loop. Um, I, I think that's what it's called. And that is a... Uh, going to be a very interesting facility so maybe when you have benny on you can talk about that too 
Well, little teaser, I'm going to have somebody on that was involved with that project in February. So a uh, little teaser there for the Talking Green Keeper podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm going to have wow. a, Yeah, I didn't get Benny, but I got somebody that was involved with that with that project. So, yeah, stuck awesome. on that. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's we're we are coming to the end of this list. Now, these are, are the ones these are the ones that still quite a few people looked at. They weren't the absolute absolute worst ones in terms of views uh this is number nine is this the best extra hole in golf which love this one now love now we're one. now it's another posh golf course this is uh kawana which a lot of people call the the pebble beach of japan and it's the most famous course in the world with zoysia greens and this oh, was a ch allison design uh, that was built in the, or it opened in the early 1930s. Oh my gosh! What and a this beautiful is this, golf hole. Yeah, but it's it's an extra hole. It's not played. It's not used. But I think <laughs> that this is uh, this is just a, a superb hole. So you you uh, you play the 11th, which is the long par five that goes through this crazy rolling fairway to this highly undulated green. You're playing down to the ocean, out to the lighthouse that's on the far. Um, eastern northeastern corner of the property and there's a little lighthouse there and then you turn and start heading back towards the hotel and there's this little hole that's unused and the actual tee is uh i mean it, it this is a par three it's an extra hole and it's right by the ocean i'm showing pictures of this for those of you I know, watching so, it yeah so micah real quick I, I i'm looking at that picture that picture that you just had up mm -hmm. and i could i could smell it Right. Like I'm looking at that and I could smell the salt water. Are you able to smell the salt water on that hole? Uh, depends which way the wind's blowing. You might yeah. just smell pine trees if the wind's blowing from the from the peninsula. But uh, if ocean, yeah, I mean, you you definitely can can smell it. You know where you are. Yeah, I know. I, I was I was just gazing at that picture as you were talking and, and I just got. Even though I'm not smelling salt water in in the basement of the Killerbrook Rancher, I I got that feeling. Yeah. So the which is I'm a great showing, feeling. I'm showing on the screen now a, a map of Kawana, which is a 36 hole facility. There's the Oshima course and then the uh, Fuji course. And the 11th hole is at the far right of this image, and it's a long par five, just a a, a tremendous fairway that just goes in these rolls. Uh, and and you're going up and down and up and down and then you finally reach the green there's a lighthouse at the end and then this little par three on what might be the the most beautiful little point of land on the property and it's just completely unused it's an extra hole but i love extra holes because if there's if there's room for an extra hole it allows maintenance to be so much easier instead of maintenance mondays how about just having an extra hole and having yeah. a so so uh if you need to do some intensive work you just close one of the holes and play the put the extra hole in play well there's a course in delaware that has a hole like that uh rehoboth beach country club has a hole exactly like that right on the water it's right on the bay mm -hmm. and um it's awful that i don't know the name of the bay is that awful my geography is so terrible it's probably the delaware bay i would say the delaware bay um, not the Delaware Bay because it's on the other side. Anyway, it's on one of the bays, right? 
mm-hmm. and it's the 19th hole, and it's right by the clubhouse. So if they're doing work on one of the holes on the golf course, they close that hole, and that 19th hole becomes the the extra hole. And it's such a cool. It's it's really similar to the hole you just showed, and it's just a little 130 yard par three on the water where you can hit. Depending on which way the wind is blowing, you can hit a wedge or you can hit a four iron. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. I, yeah. I think I think it's cool, and I think at Kiwana, which is of course in the world top hundred uh, by the golf magazine rankings it's often comes in at 45 or 50 or something like that i don't know what it is most recently because i don't uh, study those rankings too closely uh, yeah but, yeah but kiwana's fuji course is just a an amazing looks- amazing piece of property have you played that hole no i i haven't i've no i've i've been there many times i've, I've never played that golf course gotcha gotcha well yeah one of one of these days i the oshima course looks really cool it's a little bit older has more like blind drives and um uh, even more extreme terrain and uh more short par fours so i could probably make more birdies there so there you that, go dance, that's dance the day away dance the day away i would you know plan out the angles for the f- photographs before we even play the play the hole <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> yeah good. um and now we're on to number 10, which is, uh, which got, so this one is also sort of like a housekeeping one. This got even more views than, than that amazing one about the best extra hole in golf. Um, which, yeah, I, I mean, back to that best extra hole in golf, you mentioned the one at Rehoboth beach in Delaware and yeah, um, there must be some others that are better than the one at Kiwana, but somebody, I mean, that sounds like a great article. That, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, so Seth Jones, uh, hey, best extra holes in golf. Let's do this, son. Yeah, or um, yeah, Fire Pit Collective. Fire Pit yeah. Collective. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Golfer's Journal. Yeah. So, I don't know if so, that's hipster enough. I don't know. I, I, I can't figure it out because the uh, the stuff that I think is a little bit boring is like, here's how to decide how much fertilizer to put. I, 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 that's, that's my job, uh, I guess to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's that exciting because I think it's so simple and I've explained it so many times and I make cheat sheets about that and blog posts and articles and, um, you know, book chapters and that kind of thing about here's how to decide how much fertilizer to apply. So when I do a blog post about that, it's sort of like it's answering a question or something, um, or, or taking a new angle uh, to that topic based on a conversation I've had or something, but I, I don't find it that interesting. The stuff about travel or about golf in a different country or turf grass, you know, soccer, uh, football pitches, soccer fields in Bangkok that are mowed at two different heights to, to do a striping effect. That's what I think is most interesting, but it's, it's, but it's interesting that the things that I find most interesting like that are not what people are going to click on when they want to read my website. They, people actually care about the, I mean, they, they, or they think of me, they come to the Asian Turfgrass Center website wanting to find out how much sand to apply, how much fertilizer to apply. And uh, they, I guess they leave it to Golfers Journal and Fire Pit Collective uh, <laughs> to write about things like, like the best extra holes in golf. But 
I don't get much crossover either. I always hope sometimes when I do one of these posts, the best extra hole in golf, that it will attract a little bit of a wider audience and somebody will be like, oh, I've always wanted to go to Kiwana. That's amazing to know that there's that extra hole there. I see you've marked it on the map. You've shown me a couple pictures of it in different seasons. So when they do get a chance to go to Kiwana, um, they will know that it's there. But but there's yeah. none of that. It just sort of like it just sort of like totally falls flat. I understand that because I'll have guests like Laz Versailles. Versailles. I'll have mm-hmm. guests like uh, Lou Stagner, right? Mm-hmm. That I find to be fascinating people. Scott Fawcett, Casey Bannon. Speaking of of Golfers Journal, uh, I'll have uh, Greg Monafort on, who runs the Golf Threads blog. I'll mm-hmm. have a. Uh, Hirschberg, who is an entrepreneur that runs Workhorse Brewery. And I find those stories to be fascinating, right? I find these people to be very interesting. And I really want to talk to them. But they're, no offense, gentlemen, but you're the least listened to podcast amongst my listens because people don't really know who they are in the turf Twitter world. But I just want to talk to those people because I like their story. Yeah. Sort of like, yeah. <clears throat> I, I think the turf Twitter audience or the turf uh, podcast listening audience is awesome because it turns Me out that it, yeah. it turns out that there are people that care about turf grass to an extreme degree to the point that they don't want to waste their time. I mean, from from their perspective, they've got a limited amount of time. And so they don't want to read about um, me writing about like the type of grass that grows in a castle in Japan. Like if I would do that post, that that's not relevant to what their interests are in terms of what they need to know to do their job. And the same thing with golf threads or stats or, or, you know, diversity in, in, uh, golf players or something. Yeah. They, they, totally. you know, it's, it, it's interesting if you have the luxury of having enough time, but but if you don't have enough time and that, so it's, it is interesting that, um, the, the, the stuff that gets the most clicks is practical. And you know, the, I, I was looking recently, I don't know if it'll be, be this way forever, but my most listened to uh, podcast of all time. Um, and I've been, uh, on, on this show on the ATC double cut. It's the one I did with Andrew McDaniel and it's, uh, how to get complete control of tournament green fertilizer by using urea. And that's one that got, that's the one that has the most listens. That was a great, that was a great one. It's a great one. And we just kind of walked through that and it's practical. And, you know, surprisingly, some people don't know that you can do that. And Frank Rossi and I talked later when he was on my show and he said he was surprised that people didn't know that you could do that. But it's like, if you go, if you go, if you go talk to real people that are, doing the job a, a lot of them know that you can do that but there's there's a lot of people that don't realize that that's possible and they even if they do know that it's possible they wouldn't know how to do it so when when Andrew and I talked about how to do it and there's a couple of videos about that also in that uh in that two week turfgrass tour to Japan list of 18 videos where we talked about that some more um I, I'm trying to explain to people how to do it um one of your upcoming you know guests yeah. has has a blog post about it now about how he saved so much money simply by 
by making his own fertilizer that's in the ratio that he that he needs to apply for his grass based on using MLSN. And so the cost saving is not so much from using MLSN, but it's from from the type of fertilizer that he uses yes. to effectively um, do MLSN. And that those are the kind of things that people are interested in. Um, yeah, which is awesome. It's novel. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. I, Mike, I didn't know. I did not know. I did not know until I got to New York Country Club that you could get a brown bag of urea and melt it down in the in the basket of a of a sprayer. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you could. Do- yeah, Isn't that Mark- fascinating? And I had been a superintendent. I had been an assistant. I got my first assistant job in two thousand two, and I was an assistant from two thousand two. I got my first superintendent's job in 2006, uh, really first superintendent's job in 2007, and it took me over, it was until 2016 that I had no idea. Well, no idea. Let's, let's hope that we keep, uh, uh, keep informing people about what yes. is possible so that they can make the right choice. And I'm, absolutely. I, I'm, I really, I let people choose what fertilizer they want to apply, but it's a pity if people don't realize all the choices that, 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 that they have, right? If, so if people versatile. don't, if people don't realize that you could use ammonium sulfate, you don't have to buy ammonium sulfate that somebody else mixed up for you. You can just use ammonium sulfate or you can use urea or you can use potassium nitrate, or you can use something that's mixed up, um, and, and you can look at what your prices are and you can look at what product you want to apply at this time, at what rate, and decide what works best for you. And I, I'd like people to be aware of that. And uh, apparently not everybody knows. And I think I told my story with Andrew McDaniel in that episode, or I've told you where I found out. I learned from at Etchell's because I'd worked at Desert Mountain and Waverly Country Club and Old Waverly and Augusta National. I'd worked at all those places and we'd always used, uh, on the putting greens at least, we were generally using products that were pre-mixed. I guess at Waverly we would have used a bit of ammonium sulfate, but otherwise we're using you know some some products that have brand names on it and, and it's already uh, pre-mixed. And I was using that in China also when I had my first superintendent's job and we had some import issues and some budget issues. And Ed Etchell says, well, <laughs> you, you can just buy urea and put that out. And, and then it's like, oh yeah, right. Yeah. I, 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 I guess I could. And, you know, and potassium nitrate and so on. And because back yeah. then I, I thought I needed a lot of potassium. So I, right, I was right. pretty keen to, to be putting out products that had potassium in it. And, and, and so I started using those and it's like, it was just amazing how much control I had over the turf. And, and yeah. I just loved knowing that, that I decided the rate, that the result was incredible. And I was just kind of laughing about how much money I was saving too. Like it, for me at that time, it was more about like, wow, I can buy so much fertilizer for this price, <laughs> right? Because, because I could make yeah. the grass greener and, and, and I, we were doing a grow in and, and so I needed to put a lot of fertilizer and I was just thrilled at uh, the efficiency of that. 
Yeah, and and the, let's let's bring up Guy Cipriano today a, again. He had a tweet about assistants making forty five thousand dollars a year, right? And the only way that's really feasible if it's in a regional area where uh, that's what they're going to make. Why would anybody ever if you graduate from school? So I guess what he, you know maybe part of that tweet is why would any club want to pay 45,000? Well, maybe that club is using a designer spoon feeding program. Maybe that club doesn't realize that you can just buy a brown bag of urea to melt down. So I, I think all this chatter that's been on Twitter lately about uh, the labor issues and not being able to find people to pay, maybe, you know, we need to stop supporting the companies and, and these high-tech designer spoon feeding programs and maybe start investing in people and just going back to fertilizing our our greens and our fairways very simply by melting down brown, brown bags of urea which is very easy to do and you know Micah you've inspired me this when I start spraying this spring and I start melting down I'm gonna make a video I'm just gonna grab Somebody, I'm going to say here, video me, and I'm just going to show it. I'm going to blast it out on Instagram, and I'll blast it out on Twitter, and there. Yeah, and yeah, and that's that could be an interesting segment for your show. Um, uh, what are you doing now? Your um, uh, shooter McGavin six shooter. Oh yeah, qu quick questions. You can just be yeah, like, shooter McGavin six yeah. shooter. The shooter can, McGavin six six question shootout there it is. yeah so so you can like ask about mlsn you can ask about if people are did you know that you can use urea on putting greens you can yeah but but it, it's it is interesting because people that do it generally um for the for the highest they might use a different fertilizer in the rough because you have to for efficiency um you can't yeah, i mean it's very difficult to, to run a sprayer rough yeah, it's hard to spoon feed rough and it it's a waste of labor to do so. But the modern way of managing putting greens, a lot of people are using this fertilizer on greens, but other people are spending thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars on fertilizer for greens. And you're like, uh it that's an interesting topic in the industry. Hey, if if anybody wants to go check out how much money I saved in Newark by switching to MLSN brown bag and and the differences between a spoon feeding program as opposed to just using ag grade urea, go visit my blog, The Walking Greenkeeper, and they can read the how what was it? The keyboard is mightier than the fist. <laughs> a yeah. classic. Yeah. yeah, that's a classic. So that's good. You've got a few excellent posts about MLSN. Um, and yeah, and I do recommend I have recommended in the past that people read those. Maybe when we go back to some of the old lists, because I've done this list for a number of years. And, and we've talked about two of them so far, I think, but we haven't done. Uh, we haven't done all the posts. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe some of those are on the old list. I'll have to go check it. We could, we could. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Very meta. yeah. When you were plugging mine, it was number yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that brings us to the last one number on this 10, list. Yeah. Number 10, uh, which is pace turf updates in 2022. I, uh, I realized, I think this was also in early December. Um, yeah, it's in the, the first 49 weeks of the year. There were 125 updates on the, pace turf website and that is for the subscribers so they have access to all of those updates and it usually two or three per week 
and those are timely uh, bits of information that can be useful at that time of the year. And the, I uh, put a link to all 125 of them just to show the idea would be that people could scroll through that and see the range of topics that are covered. And I think that uh, I'll put in another plug for Pace Turf and say for $275, you can get these type of updates and access to the library, the full library of information on the PaceTurf site, plus the site-specific climate appraisal and the weather data. It is a heck of a value. And uh, you also would be, I'm now the owner of PaceTurf, so you're also supporting the work that I do. So um, anyway, I was, I was glad that that one was number 10 and not number one on this list. But so that means that people, quite a few people actually did click through to this one compared to the very self absorbed ones where I'm just talking about uh, whether more people watch or listen to this show. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, I did not see the Pace Turf updates in 2000. I did not read that one. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go check that out because it seems informative. I'm going to have to check that out for sure, Micah. Yeah, you. It, I think if you uh, would be a Pace Turf subscriber, you would, you would be impressed at the, the information that's there. Because the idea with Pace Turf is um, just to provide information, right? So the user doesn't really have to do so much, and you just get this stream of information, whether it's the weather data or the updates, that's just useful for you, and you just get it. Right. And and then if you need something, you can go to the website and you can search for it because there's so much archive material that is is useful there. Well, I'm definitely going to check it out, Micah. You convinced me to go hit that one up for sure. Thank you. Well, I'm you're I'm, welcome. I'm glad. I'm glad you, you can do that. So what else? Is there anything you want to plug before we end this very long? <laughs> that sweet stash you're working on. That needs some plugins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're listening to this, you miss out on on seeing my current uh, look. I I went to a, a proper barber, and uh, yeah, I, you I, look great. I, I in the Instagram stories, you, you got the mullet going, right? Um, yeah. My, when I'm when I'm wearing the headphones, I, I wear monitoring headphones when I'm recording this show. Yeah, so that I can hear uh, as clearly as as possible, and that blocks right. what's going on in the back. Um, which, which is yeah. pretty impressive right now. Well, because it's all business right now, right, Mike? It's all business right now. We're not really partying, right? Mm -hmm. Well, we talked yes. about that when I was a guest on your show in uh, the the last episode of 2022 before 22, Christmas. Yeah, and uh, we did talk a lot about my my style and yes, and that that type of thing. I know so. it was awesome. I, I have one question. One question before we go for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. The the Twitter list, and I always forget to ask you. I forgot to ask you. So the Twitter rankings, right? And turf yes. Twitter. Why did you start doing that? It, there was a reason you started doing it, right? And I can't remember. And it wasn't just to like see who was the most popular. It was something. I think you were looking for some data, right? Mm, it was curiosity. It was curiosity okay. because um, I I realized that when I was sending out tweets, they were getting a relatively high amount of response. And by response, I would mean either people clicking the 
like button or people retweeting it or people replying or people clicking through to some of the uh, links that I share. Because generally, I'm not just having conversations on Twitter. I'm posting links to information. And and so I was interested in that and just thinking, okay, for uh, how does this compare to what John Kaminsky is doing, for example, who has a lot more followers than I do? Or how does this, how does what I'm doing compare to Pace Turf or compare to Doug Soldat or compare to Bill Kreuzer or um, other turfgrass scientists? Um, and so it was just kind of that curiosity realizing um, I'd read a blog post by somebody who's not in the turfgrass industry uh, by a, a computer security expert, I think. And um, in reading that blog post, he'd introduced me to to the knowledge or I learned from him that these data were available, that you that you could, that there was software that you could use to obtain this data from Twitter about how the uh, how the interactions were on tweets. And so I realized, wow, if these data are available, wouldn't it be cool uh, to see how things are in the turfgrass industry? So it was curiosity. Once I realized that it was possible to do that, I started writing uh, the code that was based on what this guy had done. Um, to start getting the tweets and then analyzing them. And in fact, I'm going to try to record a very, uh, not, it won't be so technical. It will, it will be dry, just kind of going through the code that I use to just explain, here's what that ranking really entails. Here's what it is. So it's just going to be like, okay, here's my computer screen. Don't even, I won't even show my face. It's just my voice and the computer screen. And I'll just say, okay, this line does this, this line does this, and here's here's how that ranking is done. Because people sometimes have questions about why is Tra Travis Hogan not there? Why is Paul Burgess not there? You know, obviously Paul Burgess is the most influential. He's verified. Every tweet gets twenty thousand likes. Why, you know, things like that. And I'm like, well, he didn't tweet last year. So if he if he didn't tweet last year, that's not meeting my definition yeah. of active accounts or something. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but yeah, there there is a lot of interest in that um, ranking, and people find it fun. You did pretty good. I think you were in the top uh, two hundred and fifty, maybe top two hundred. Yeah, yes, yeah. No, I did well. I did fine. I'm happy with where I am. It's cool. No, it's 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 funny. I I look forward to it coming out every year, and the 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 banter that it uh, that it uh, inspires, and uh, it's just it's just good. And I just I yeah, I just knew that there was a reason beside just just ranking that why you did it and i just couldn't remember why so that's yeah, why I, I wanted to ask you yeah well that's a very very good question and yeah i mean i think it mainly it was once i discovered that all the data were available then it's like yeah it just seems interesting to check it out now that's cool everybody loves a list micah Top 10 most, on, you know, everybody loves the list, man. That's that's good. Oh, real quick, just Talking yeah. Greenkeeper. That's all I want to plug. Just check out the Talking Greenkeeper. Yeah, I will I will put a link to your Talking Greenkeeper podcast. Thank you. And Thank uh, you, Mike. In, in the show notes, I think um, you are well known for that. And I, I suppose most people have listened to that. And I encourage you to. You can get it on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts and 
um yeah and what do you, what should i say about my show joe i i'm thrilled i i got a new i got a new uh review on apple podcasts from uh bentgrass wizard so thank you bentgrass wizard for that oh okay and, uh, i'm gonna have to write you a review why that's uh, yeah i always yeah. ask people to review mine i'm gonna have to dude okay i'm I, on it i so i gave you five stars on spotify and i Thank i you. can't i can't leave you a re review on apple podcast because i don't listen to it there and i don't i understand i'm not tech savvy enough to know how to leave a review on on software that i don't have i totally got it but i will yeah, write you for a, yeah don't uh, worry please yeah coming. that's awesome thank you yeah and up. so if anybody wants to be like joe um please yeah feel free to leave me glowing reviews because i think what that does is um it helps other like-minded people discover the show and realize that it might be worth listening to and i've had a lot of people like you said earlier on this very long discussion that we've had you said that you've learned a lot in the year or so of, of listening oh to my this. gosh so much good information on your podcast mike it's been it's been such a blessing to our industry and and i think it's really helped because and thanks andrew mcdaniel for really kind of forcing i don't know what the, what's the word i am looking for here i always space on words uh bringing bringing michael into the modern era this? yeah because yeah. andrew andrew said people don't read anymore they don't read blogs <laughs> and they're busy and they want to listen or they want to watch and I was yeah, like, well, thank you, I Andrew. don't. I, I'm like, I like to read. You know, you can see all me the books too. behind me. I yeah, I read, yeah. and uh, and and so it's just natural to me that when I think of sharing turfgrass information, I want to write about it, assuming that people will read. And then uh, it turns out there are a lot of people out there who find it convenient to be able to listen to it, or they they find it convenient and and fun to watch sometimes. And so it's been and, awesome. So Andrew suggested that, and I, I ran it by a few people. I, I remember talking about this with yeah. you before I did it. And then it was like, yeah, let, let me give it a try. And it's been uh, it's been fun. Awesome. Well, keep it up, man. You're doing a great job. You're, you're really easy and fun to listen to. And the information is very thought-provoking and interesting. And, and I love it. So thank you, Micah. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, Joe, for going through that list for with me and and uh, yeah. i appreciate that every time we talk about the the stuff that bombs is fun to have you on to, to love talk being off for the bombs <laughs> all right <laughs> all right well um thank you you want to do the double cut uh gang symbol oh, yeah. again <laughs> all right all right thank you thanks joe thanks everyone for you're listening. welcome micah yeah I'll sign off now thanks everyone for ATC from Yantikau, Thailand. I am Micah Woods. <laughs>